podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Eighteen seventy four. Preview shock. Hello, welcome back to 1874. It's time for a preview show now as Aston Villa head to Fulham at Craven Cottage on Saturday. I'm your host, Dan Bardell, joined by my good friend, David Reid. And this show is, of course, sponsored by NordVPN. And you can get yourself a deal if you head to 1874.io slash NordVPN. Head there and you'll get a huge discount, including four months for free off your NordVPN plan. And for English-speaking countries, the deal sweetens because you'll get additional Uber Eats vouchers as well. This exclusive deal is only applicable in the USA, UK, Australia and Canada. And all this is completely risk-free because Nord offer a 30-day money-back guarantee. Dave, 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 Craven Cottage, not been a happy hunting ground for Villa in the main over the last few years. Well, actually, for as long as I can remember, but... It's fair to say we could do with some form of result this weekend. Yeah, definitely. I think that memories always seems to go back to, uh, well, the most recent one, really. And the Steven Gerrard's last game in charge, which I'm, I'm sure you'll have uh, memories of as well. I do. Uh, Although which... I was, I've got to say, I was probably the most drunk I've ever been at a Villa game and probably the most vociferous I've ever been at a Villa game. I really did not like Steven Gerrard that evening. <laughs> It was. I mean, it was a low point. It was a low point, wasn't it? But it, it was one of those where the the players, I don't think, stopped running or stopped working hard. It was just there was there was nothing there. There was just nothing there. They they try. They were trying at that point, but there was just nothing going to change the way and the momentum that Villa had at that point. Um, but yeah, I mean, what a what a kind of eighteen months it's been since then, or, or just less than that. Um, and you've got to go into this thinking that we've we can go there and, and get a win, even though form has been a little bit patchy recently. I do think we can go there and get a result. Yeah, even like when we were doing when we were probably doing the show before the Fulham game, we probably kept referring to the terms no tactical plan, moments of magic, what's going on. Probably now we can't do a, a show, a podcast, a preview without talking about injuries because what on earth are Villa gonna do at centre half this weekend? Yeah, great question. I don't know. I think First things first, let's try and find out a little bit more tomorrow when Emery does his press conference around uh, Diego Carlos. I saw Jacob wrote a piece that he suffered a hamstring injury, so we'll find out the severity of that. My thought would be any kind of hamstring injury, you you wouldn't, unless it was just a, a small kind of cramping, that you wouldn't want to have any kind of risk attached to that. And given the situation that Villa have at centre-back, it feels to me like there is no need to risk a player when it's a hamstring injury because it could well get worse or in in fact you know have a have a kind of harder tear if if there is a kind of small one there so it it doesn't I think the first thing first things first is to find out tomorrow what's going on with Diego Carlos but I don't really know what we're going to do at centre-back because would he consider playing two left footers in long lay and uh, Torres if he's fit and then the other alternative is to bring someone like Callum Chambers in from the cold which would be an unbelievable turnaround for him who was free to go, free to leave in January and now could find himself as a starting centre-back. Yeah, against his old team as well. He had a, had a year at Fulham, didn't he? And he, he won player of the season, if my memory serves me correctly. First things first as well on this show, Dave Reed's having all kinds of audio issues. You cannot be turning your head when you're talking, Dave. Oh, sorry, got to, sorry. Got to stay straight, face on. 
Come on, why, but we, you, if you work under an Emery, you know all about body positions, how you should receive the ball, and things like that. You should you should know how to. You can't be moving your head. Head positions critical for a podcast okay, right. with, the, with these audio issues that we're having there. Okay, body position, head position is now going to stay fully fully focused on you. I know you're a you're a flair player. You like you like to do your own thing, but you, yeah, you're going to have to be quite regimented th- through this show. It would be an incredible turnaround for, for Callum Chambers. He played that European game that, that we lost three two. Was it was it Legia Warsaw that one that we, that, mm. we, that we lost three two? And then has never really been seen again, even when it's been heavy rotation and people rested. Chambers has still just remained on, on on the bench. He hasn't been picked in the European squad, of course, but. To me, it feels the logical move because, like you say, with Longley and Torres, if Torres is fit, is fit enough to start, we can't even build up in a back three because the two fullbacks are orthodox fullbacks who whoever plays, and also now Kamara, who was dropping in to make it a back three, that might have worked. He's not here either. I can't see Tillemans or Louise or McGinn doing that job. So Aston Villa now cannot build up in in a back three. There's even an argument to play Chambers at right back and play Pau Torres and Longley there so that they can build up in a, in a back three and the left back bombs on. So it is going to be really fascinating to, to see what Villa do because I'm not sure how they get around this problem at the moment without a right-footed centre-back. Yeah, I'm not sure that Unai Emery is going to chuck everything out and, and create a new way of well, building that, up. That wouldn't be, would it? That that would be us doing what, what we're doing, not Chambers essentially being concert because I can't see another way around it. No, I think... I think a lot of responsibility will fall on Matty Cash to protect the the right centre-back. And if it is Callum Chambers, then I think whatever happens on Saturday afternoon, we can't judge him too harshly if things don't go particularly well for him because he's not played any football. As far as I'm aware, I don't even think he's played 23. So he's had no match sharpness whatsoever. And I think... You I mean, you know the Fulham game plan. It's to stick their centre-forward on the right centre-back and, and give him a hard time if it is going to be Callum Chambers. But I think Villa's game plan should be around trying to protect that right centre-back, whether it's Callum Chambers or whether it's Longley who shifts over because it, it's it's a prime target for whoever it is. I suspect that he will go with... You know, if, they, if Diego Carlos isn't fit, I suspect that he will bring in Callum Chambers. Um, in, in, in which position, I'm not too sure. But I suspect that if Diego Carlos isn't there, he will go with Callum Chambers. My my inkling is that Paul Torres will will be fit and will start. It's just who who's playing next to him and then who is playing that that right centre back. You never really raise any eyebrows when you see a right right footed centre back playing left centre back. But for some reason, when a left footer's playing right centre back, it feels worse. I don't know why. I think it's just because it's something that you haven't seen happen anywhere uh, over the years. Villa, of course, uh, have got problems in midfield as well. Bubakar Kamara ruled out for the foreseeable, out, out for the rest of the season. There's a couple of options with with what Villa do here. They could bring in Irig Boonham into midfield. They could play McGinn as a six. What I think they might do for this first game without him is try Tillemans and, and Louise there because I think you lose something going forward if you've got McGinn in the sixth position, but I'm also not fully convinced about Tillemans and and Louise as a two. I'm not sure Tillemans is mobile enough defensively to, to in transition as well to, to to play as a two. So again, I'm not really sure what Unai Emery's thinking here, but he's going to have to come up with some form of solution. But my gut is telling me that Tillemans will start as a six and we'll see how we go. I think my gut's telling me the other other way, really, that he'll go with McGinn as the as the central midfield, just because of the reasons you outlined there. I'm not sure um, Tillerman's dynamism is is enough for him in to play central midfield in a, in a two, particularly when we lose the ball. He is, you know, it, 
it's fairly obvious that nobody in the squad does the same thing as what Bibakar Kamara can. But the closest kind of athleticism-wise is going to be John McGinn. So that's why I think he'll probably go with McGinn, partnering D- Douglas Louise, and then Tielemans as the second striker alongside Watkins with Bailey on the right and probably Ramsey on the left. It feels like the rest of the team picks itself because they're the only players that are kind of left and available and are of a sufficient and required level for the rest of the Premier League season. I know there's obviously still question marks around Zaniolo. I think we would have seen him a bit more if there was full full faith in him for, for Premier League football over the last couple of weeks, but we haven't really seen much of him. Um, so I feel like the rest of the midfield and forward line almost picks itself because of the injury situation. It needs players to step up now, doesn't it? It needs some of the players you've just mentioned. I think it needs either DRB, Rogers, or Zaniolo now to, to step up and kind of grab a, a first-team shirt but by, by the scruff of its net because we are short now. There's no other way of, of looking at it. It's, it's vintage Villa, really, that you know, Dendonka was surplus, hadn't really played, was let go. He'd have been great cover at centre-back and defensive midfield at this point. But of course, this injury falls straight after the January transfer window shuts and we're left in a position where, where we can't really really do anything. I guess there is a case that Tillemans could play, cent- play central and Diaby comes in uh, alongside Watkins, but I can't see Ramsey losing his place. Now, I think what he needs at this point is games. I thought he was very good, especially in the first half against Manchester United. And he's still a game-changing player for Villa that we haven't had all season. So if we can get him back to the, the form that we know he has, that could be a bit of a game changer for us because, again, it feels like there's quite a lot of Villa players you could say this about. They're quite unique. We don't have anyone else who can come in and, and, and do a job. When everyone's fit, we've got all these brilliant options, all these different types of players, but everyone isn't fit at, at the moment. So it could we could do with the Ramsey of last season at this point, and I do think there's starting to be glimmers that that's coming back. Yeah, he's just that final touch away. He's that final decision-making. It's the final kind of body shape, the final pass, the final shot that he's just missing at the moment. His movement's absolutely there now again. I think his ball carrying's absolutely there now again. It's just that final thing. And it, it, it just takes one moment or it just takes, you know, a game or another game or so because you feel like every single game now it, it's progressing and progressing with Ramsey to get back to that level that, we's, that we've seen previously. So I think, I think it's there and it could well happen for him this weekend where he manages to either get a goal or create something out of nothing for somebody else. So he has to start on the left-hand side, Jacob Ramsey, this weekend. I think he's really close. He's really close. And, and as you, you, you're right, because there's a few players that are teetering on the edge of either getting back into form or being in form. And it's like, you know, DRB, you're right, needs needs to just get that one moment again. And we, I thought he might have got it when he got the goal the other week, but it's not still not quite happening for him. I'm interested that he's now... When he's bringing on Diaby, he's, he's playing him wide, which we haven't really seen. I think the f- most of this season, if not all of, apart from the last couple of weeks, when Diaby has played, he's played as the second striker. And then when he came on against Sheffield United, he played out wide. And then in a couple more recent games, he's he's come on and played in a wide position as well. So I think maybe that's something that he's learning, that position as well, because... Maybe Unai Emery has thought, well, it's not quite working for him in that second striker position, so let's move him into a wider area. 
I quite like McGinn in that second striker role because I think he's and Watkins pressing together is quite useful through the middle of the pitch. And McGinn actually being able to press as one of the highest players, I think helps. But it will be interesting to see what what Emery does with the team. He says because we're we're in unprecedented times now with the, with the players that that we've got missing. It's get bordering on ridiculous all the, all the stuff that keeps happening to us. And I was glad you you called it out on Sky Sports News the other day because because Emery hasn't complained about all the injuries. It hasn't really cropped up in the media, but we've known as Villa fans all season that it's, it's been a big, big problem, but Villa have just got on with it, rolled the sleeves up to sound like Steve Bruce and, you know, kept themselves to, towards the top of the table. So where Villa are still now at this point, I, I think is an incredible achievement considering what they've had to deal with through the season. Is it is this must-win this weekend? Is it is it a must-win game in your opinion? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think the, the teams around us are, are still close enough and they'll still drop points uh, for us to be still in the race. But I think when you've got the three games coming up now before we play Tottenham, the Tottenham game is obviously going to be absolutely crucial. Um, but if we can pick up seven or at best, obviously, nine out of nine points, that's going to put us in a really good position to go in against Tottenham. Um, I don't. I don't think it's must win, but I, I definitely think we can't lose this game. I think if you if you go away from home in the Premier League and get a point, and we've not been, we've not been re- you know, we've not been terrible away from home at all. We've still picked up some very good results. It was just our home form was that good at the time that everybody kind of didn't think about how we were getting on away from home. But we're still doing very well away from home. So I don't think it's. I don't think it's must win, but it's definitely not lose. I would say. Yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about about Fulham then. Really suffering without Mitrovic, it felt like this is. And I think Marco Silva's an exceptional manager, and I think he's done a brilliant job there. And I think some of the probably clubs that are bigger than Fulham could do a lot worse than looking at him in the summer if they if they're looking to to, to replace their manager, West Ham, for, for example. I think Marco Silva's done a, done a tremendous job, not on a massive budget. You know, there's a lot of players playing there that was that played in the promotion season. There'll be no relegation danger this season. They're in no relegation danger. Last season, they can be easy on the eye at times with with some of the football that's played. They've got Jao Paulinho in in the midfield, who I think is a top six player, really. But he's you know he's still at Fulham and he, he does an excellent job for them. When he's not there, you really notice it. Unfortunately, he will be there on Saturday. But in recent weeks, it feels like they've found a centre forward or got a centre forward that that's got a little, little bit of confidence, which was perhaps what they were lacking earlier on in the season. Yeah, and how uh, how ironic that they brought in Armando Broyer on, on deadline day. And now the, the, the guy that he's come in to replace has suddenly found a little bit of form mm. and he's almost impossible to drop. And you read, you read in the media around clauses, etc. that if he doesn't play enough minutes or he doesn't make enough starts for Fulham, then Fulham are going to owe Chelsea some money. But it's, it's impossible for Fulham to drop Muniz when he's scoring goals. So they've got, they've got themselves in this position where they've brought in a striker uh, to play and he's being kept out of the team by a guy who suddenly found a little bit of form that was that felt like it was a little bit unexpected that he was going to find some form. So, yeah, I mean, Fulham are only a couple more results away from probably confirming their Premier League status again. It's you know it's going to be 30, 35, 36 points to stay up. I think they're ten points already ahead of Everton. Um, so, you know, they're not quite on the beach yet. That phrase on the beach, but they're getting getting pretty close to it. So. I think from their point of view, it's another successful season. Mid-table for Fulham and their supporters, I think, is a is a successful season and not getting dragged into a relegation fight. They'll have, obviously, Alex Awobi back, Calvin Bassey back this week from the Africa Cup of Nations. 
Um, I wonder. I, d- I mean, I doubt they would both be chucked straight in because it was an you know an energy sapping final in in the heat, and I can't imagine they would be chucked straight in. But they're two good players to bring back for Fulham, and I suspect they'll be able to be on the bench on Saturday. And then, as you say, they've got Pelinia in midfield, who is a, a tremendous player. And then the players out wide are always capable of something when you've got Willian, Bobby T called over Reed if he starts or whether it's Harry Wilson that comes in for him. But they've got dangerous players and that is what Villa will have to be careful of, particularly as, uh, as we've seen on the break recently. Yeah, Willian caused absolute turmoil. Last season isn't it, Craven Cottage? From from what I remember in my in my haze, I remember him just every time he got the ball, he looked like he was going to make something happen. We will pick this up again, but before we do, let's hear a little bit more about our sponsors, NordVPN. Eighteen seventy four is proudly sponsored by NordVPN. So when they, and you can't watch it, we want to help you. NordVPN is a secure and private service which works on pretty much any device, including your laptop, mobile, television. So if you want to watch some live content, it allows you to appear like you're in another country. And whilst you're connected, no one else can find out what you're doing, including your internet service provider. Beyond this, the service also has threat protection baked in to protect you from intrusive website ads and malware, which is pretty handy for you. As part of NordVPN support performance for free, this also includes Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. All you've got to do is go to 1874.io slash NordVPN and sign up. All the details are also in the description. As always, we're very grateful to anyone that signs up. We know that money is tight, but if you think NordVPN will help you out, it will also help keep the channel running and help us too. What feels like maybe a key battle in this game at the weekend is actually Leon Bailey up against Anthony Robinson. I think that that could be a key battle. He's a player that I've always rated, I think, for £1 million. That's a, a sensational signing by Fulham. Been there a few years now. I feel like he's getting noticed a little bit more this season, but Bailey up against him feels like it might be a key battle. Yeah, and I was thinking about this earlier, toying with the idea of thinking, you know, it's a lot of responsibility for Leon Bailey up against... Anthony Robinson because he's got so much pace and I think Bailey will probably have to do quite a bit of defending at the weekend and I thought well you know does that mean you move Bailey to really get the most out of him so he doesn't have to do so much defending but then it's you think well he's played so well in that right hand side position that you you can't really justify moving him and he's playing so well that he has to start so I suspect that it will be Bailey up against Robinson on on the left or on the left for Fulham but the right for Villa yeah, he's a he's a he's a very good player. As I say, great pace. He can get up and down. I think he'll be causing us problems defensively as well. If William starts on the left, he'll be cutting in, and then Robinson will be overlapping. So I think he's a very talented player, and I think you know a few other Premier League sides will be noticing him come the summer window as well. I would have thought. Yeah, and you you know you just we, we both touched on the, the midfield battle. It's important to get round. Jao Paulinha, and it will be a lot harder without Bukar Kamara. But I always think with Paulinha, he's a walking yellow card. As good a player as he is, he is a walking yellow card. If you can get him booked early on in the game, you can envisage McGinn getting him on the turn or something like that and, and getting him booked. If you can get him booked early on in the game, that really restricts him. And I think that will end up restricting Fulham as well. So I feel like it's important to do that because if not, I think he's capable of, of actually winning that midfield battle against us, whoever plays alongside him as well. Yeah, I think Tom Kearney played alongside him last time out. and I mean, We've got nightmares about Tom Kearney from years back as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think the th- one thing with this Fulham team, they have they have conceded goals. So I think even if 
Villa go behind in this game. I don't think it should be panic stations because Fulham have proved recently that, you know, if if you can get into them, they can be a little bit fragile. They conceded against a couple of goals against Burnley. And then, I, I mean, having watched a little bit back of their game uh, where against Bournemouth, they conceded and there was a little, palpable tension, a little bit of tension coming in within the crowd. So I think if Villa go behind in this game, I don't think it's the end of the world. I think, you know, there's a there's a feeling at Craven Cottage that they will concede goals. And I think, you know, the crowd, if things get a little bit nervous, might actually work in Villa's favour in this game. Obviously, the ideal scenario, as it seems to be with this Villa side, is go ahead and control the game from there. But sometimes it, it doesn't pan out that way. Yeah, I mean, neither of these teams find keeping clean sheets particularly easy. So you would think that both teams will score in this game. If I was putting on a bet, I think I'd definitely have over 2.5 goals and, and both teams to score because, yeah, neither team feels like they're very good at keeping clean sheets at, at the moment. That does us just about, I think, for this match preview show. But it'd be remiss of me, Dave, not to congratulate you. Some big breaking news on David David Reed's, I said David Garrido then, on David <laughs> Reed's Instagram feed last night on Valentine's Day, Dave. Congratulations, baby Jew, in the transfer window, I believe. Yes, end of July. End of July, it's uh, it's due. So, yeah, thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Obviously, uh, it's uh, it's an exciting time, isn't it? It's an exciting time. A little bit of anxiety, I must admit. Of course. Um, but, yeah, an exciting time. Um, just if, if you'll indulge me for one minute, it's I obviously a, a difficult... I wish you'd um, stop moving your head around there, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's difficult because, uh, you know, we, we'd had a couple of miscarriages previously. Okay which is, you know, important for, for us guys to talk about. Um, and, you know, it's it's one of those where the anxiety ra- raises up. And yeah. when you announce stuff like that and you announce it, it means you've got to be excited. And when you're kind of still feeling a little bit anxious, it's kind of a bit of a step into the unknown. But to deal with all the emotional stuff, that's that's probably the hardest thing when it comes to this sort of thing. So, yeah, it's obviously very exciting and, and we're looking forward to it. Well, you know, fair play to you for, for talking about that because you know I'm class us as, as good friends and we've never never spoken about that. And I can say that in in my marriage that has since ended, we had three miscarriages, and I know that it's like a, a terrible thing to go through. And I can, although I didn't get to the stage now that, that you're at with with an announcement, I can imagine how that must feel do, doing that, knowing what what's happened to you previously. So yeah, f- fair play to you, and obviously everyone will, will, will wish you all, all the all the best with with that because I can imagine just by what I went through, how hard that doing that must be. So, yeah, well, fingers crossed every, everything's okay. I take it you don't – is it too early to know whether it's a, a boy or a girl or you wait anyway? We uh, we are, we do know, but we're just keeping it a little bit oh, under wraps for the moment. Keeping it under wraps. Maybe a, maybe a Sky Sports News exclusive in, 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 in July, August. Could, could be, yeah. Could be, yeah. Could be. We'll yeah, speak we'll to Chris Siddle. We'll see if we can see if we can make that happen. <laughs> I don't know whether we do it at the Totem, maybe whether we'd whether we do it at the big screen, Dave. I'm not I'm, I'm not sure which one we do, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get onto Sids and and try and make that happen. Right, that's a a, a nice way to to end the show. Talk, talking about that, so yeah, looking forward to looking forward to maybe being a godparent. Who knows? Who knows what the future? What you the might future you might make the cut. You might us. make the cut. It could make, could make preview shows difficult because I have a dog situation here that I'm struggling to deal with. And if we throw a baby into the mix as much one of these preview shows, it could be very, very lively, Dave. 
It could, it could. I've got to sort my mic issues first, though. That's the first thing I've got to sort. I've I've been promising Dave a a mic from the endless 1874 bank account for, well, since the start of the season, and I've not done it, and he's forced my hand by breaking his own mic so that I have to go in and (laughs) and use the budget to to get him a microphone. But, yeah, we'll be back with a show on Monday, whether it be with Greg, whether it be with Jacob, unsure. Greg, of course, is still holidaying in, in Thailand. That seems to be where he lives now. But yeah, we'll work something out and we'll get a podcast out on Monday. Either way, mainly talking about the Fulham game. Then, of course, we'll do the usual rigmarole and there'll be a preview show this time next week at some point, I imagine. But do subscribe to the channel with your post notifications on so that you know when the shows are coming. Follow us on socials and all that jazz. But wherever you are taking in these podcasts if you could just do all the stuff that helps us it makes us appear in places we wouldn't normally appear and that helps the channel grow which is good for us and good for you as well i guess if the show gets more popular maybe we get some more budget to afford better equipment <laughs> who who knows but yeah safe travels to those going to craven cottage on saturday i've been there so many times and watched us lose i don't think i'm gonna go on saturday but if you see me there just yeah we're not getting three points let's just let's just resign ourselves to that fact now because I think I've been six or seven times and we haven't won at any of those occasions and I remember two times I didn't go that we won so yeah we'll, we'll see what happens at the weekend but yeah, have a good rest of the week as well and enjoy your weekend and as ever up the villa Sports Social Podcast Network